0: Hi, everyone. Today, Annabelle Perez Gonzalez and I sit down to talk about um, spiritual gurus, people with spiritual power and the ways in which sometimes that power can be used badly. And um, we don't use any names or uh, pinpoint anyone in particular, especially when talking about those who have behaved badly or those with whom we do disagree just to protect uh, who the, the innocent, because I believe even those who behave badly are in the end, innocent, pure souls. And so I didn't want to use specific names and target people, but we did talk about some individual cases of, of gurus and, and powerful spiritual leaders who perhaps are using their power badly and how they got to where they are and why, and what, what leads people to follow them and, and why they eventually go down this road of bad behavior. And then we also do discuss those who do not go down the road of bad behavior and why they seem to remain pure in their intention. It's an interesting conversation and Annabelle really gives a great analytical, scientific view alongside the spiritual, which I think is helpful in in dissecting the potential for egos to expand so wide that they become out of control and I really hope you enjoy. Thanks. So first, just to like introduce i'm curious about your take on why people of who who gain a certain level of spiritual notoriety and power and a certain following tend to fall not all of them but most tend to fall under the auspices of lower energy and you know start to behave in ways that are just abominable and and what you you think that's about but then you know we were <laughs> we were discussing not realizing that we were recording ourselves that um one of those people who we were going to discuss has a documentary on one of the streaming networks. And in the in the documentary, it's a three-part series about that person's um, following, her belief systems, what she purports to offer. And the reason that she did it is because, the reason she allowed this documentary series to enter her life is because there have been talks about whether she's a cult or not. And she firmly, um, you know, rejects that, that notion. And so she had a cult expert come in and study her practices through the documentary series to say, basically in the end, no, she's not a cult, but in the end they did say that she is a cult and in, in the process of, um, and you know, what is a cult and what does that mean? And it's a very loaded word. So whatever, But um, in the process, you get to see the inside workings of, of her life and and how she operates. And it's just, it's painful. It's, it's just painful to witness because she has such influence over so many people. She's, she, I guess helps so many people, but her ego is so completely out of control. It's unbelievable. And she, she operates under the belief that her ego has been completely tamed. You know, she's just- spiritual guru offering the wisdom of the ages and you know that she's got all of these properties of healing and yet you can you just witness that ego so rampant so rampant and destructive and hurtful and creating so much um negativity for the people around her and just victimizing people it's just uh, it's insane so why and i i recommend that watching that um (laughs) (laughs) more torture (laughs) well because i think that it's especially as a therapist for you i think it would be interesting to just she she really delves into some things that do harm the last time we talked we were talking about the idea of having to be very careful when you're working as a medium or as any kind of spiritual advisor to not tiptoe into the area that can damage someone when you don't have the training to do so. And it's something I'm very aware of on a regular basis. You know, I'll sit down with somebody, I'll give a reading to somebody and they'll be like, you know, really talking about deep, deep things and a a ancestor or a loved one who comes through, who, for instance, experienced taking their own life and, all of the the heaviness and depth of that. And you have to be really careful of someone who doesn't have training to help someone through the grief of that to also be able to address the grief of it. It's it's a very, very yeah. um, fine line. But, but, you know, she in particular addresses some of that stuff and um, causes a lot of damage, it seems. Why do you think this happens? Why do you think these people who... Come initially from this apparently very, you know high level place, why do they tend to succumb to lower forces eventually? What are your thoughts on that? Why well, question whether they
1: even come from high level places? like mm-hmm. i i I think this is not um, a, a phenomenon a phenomenon like like it's a change that happens because they've been corrupted by the followers that they have i mean yes i think that's true in some cases but i think when we're talking about the like the more serious types of cases of cult leaders you know we're talking about people who were already broken to begin with and um you know the first you know if, if you're going to be if you want to be dominant and you want to dominate you need people to you can dominate so you need submissive people you need people who are vulnerable you need people who are in crisis you need people who are oppressed you need people who are easily brought under your command and um and so unfortunately spiritual spaces new age spaces these are
0: really vulnerable people mhm yes yeah because when you come to a place where you're where you're beginning to see that, that there's more and that and you're open to the energies that come through oftentimes you have been through some kind of trauma not all the time but often you have been Right. Or you're dealing with loss, like you said, like grief. Yeah. 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 So it leaves you open, but like you, you take a, it leaves you open to becoming a victim to somebody who seems to hold all the answers. And, and I, I think that's why followers tend to go for these people, but you take some of these, some of these people who really truly do seem to have come initially from a place of goodness you know of of wanting to help of wanting to heal one one thought i had was that nowadays especially in order to be able to have a fellowship uh, uh you know like a following mm-hmm. like a lot of these people do you have to have money you you have to be able to build the following you know it, you're you're not going to be able to do that without a bunch of money well it it could be money it
1: could be money but i think even without money if someone is charismatic enough uh if they are good at faking you know confidence and and having a dominant personality and if um if they're sort of like in that right place at the right time um yeah I don't think you need money I think all you really need is the right type of personality
0: and and a talent for marketing yourself Mm-hmm. and then you can gain people around you might have money who can help you to continue the exactly outreach which is I think what is the case with this woman who we were you know with with um, with her I'm not I'm not sure about I don't know too much about her um
1: I, I think we could say that about Scientology for sure uh-huh. right how they just kind of target celebrities and then go from there um but with this woman it it actually brings me to another really critical point that I wanted to make and that is that she is offering mental health services without a license yeah without any training without any degrees she gets defensive if you ask her about that um and that's okay in our society yeah. right we live in a world where if you uh impersonate a police officer you get arrested it's a crime it's a crime if you impersonate a medical doctor but you can go out there and talk crap and impersonate freud and go right ahead yeah if people follow you the con- like we leave it to the consumer yeah to say okay great and even still and, and at the same time right so i'm a licensed clinical social worker if i use art in my therapy, let's say I'm working with a child and I say, we're gonna draw me a picture, All right? I cannot, in my notes, I cannot say, I, I did art therapy with them today because I am not a licensed creative arts therapist. <laughs> so
0: it's so hypocritical.
1: It's so hypocrite. it's so wacky. And at, and at the end of the day, these are people who kind of fall through the cracks, but in a society that does not value mental health, that does not prioritize uh, teaching people the skills around identifying mental health, even average people. I should not be the only one just because I'm licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it boggles my mind every time I see people come in. I have women who come in all the time who are like having trouble with their partners and I meet their partners and I'm like, oh, I, I think there may be some schizophrenia here or I mean, there may be something else going on or I think there's, you know, there's something happening here that's they can't control it's a mental health issue mm-hmm. um but we don't do that in our society we don't teach uh you know people what narcissism looks like we don't teach them about uh you know it's only like a more, more recent cultural phenomenon that now everyone knows what gaslighting
0: is right right um, <laughs> and narcissism actually that word is so th- thrown around now and abused right right <laughs> but
1: yeah but i mean yeah and that's like everyone oh everyone's bipolar like no you don't actually know what bipolar is, right so, Um, yeah, it's that kind of thing. So, so we don't value it in our society. And then, and she's, ironically, she also, this person doesn't value it either. I know. The problem is that she's operating without any supervision and no guidance, no structure, no fail safes. So it's just dangerous. Not everyone is suicidal for the same reasons. Right. So there's, you know, I remember that watching uh, the movie, A Star is Born, the new one, the remake with Lady Gaga. And I remember them, you know, reading about how it's very intentional that they don't show the scene where he ends his life because it's an understanding of like seeing, even just seeing that can trigger someone, mm-hmm. you know, some people are just very fragile with that so she's kind of just dis- being really flippant about that and being dismissive about that and that's and what's it, so dangerous
0: yes and and this is where it, this is where it gets into this the, the idea of why and how and what because she has a, she and most of these people who attain that level of power spiritual power um has has a belief about herself that she has healed it all solved it all come to the level of ascended master in this life her history she feels is one of her incarnations are you know come are ascended master incarnations and the oldest of the old and therefore she's here with this wise you know this wisdom that only she can disperse among her followers and and there's an inability to recognize her own flaws and her own human humanity and and so she's not she and those like her are not going to accept that there needs to be any oversight or any fail safe because she just has all the answers and that's it and and the question is what is it that and, and you know she's not even a great example there have been people who who took their own lives because of her, her guidance, which is its own thing. But then we also go into certain gurus and spiritual masters, quote unquote, a lot of yoga people and Mm -hmm. things like that, who uh, there's sexual assault, there's, um, there's just brutality to their followers. And what is it that infiltrates them that leads them to this behavior? You know, it's, and part of me wonders if it's about, if the whole Jesus archetype did far more damage than we even know. And, you know, I, I say this regularly, I'm, I am, Jesus is one of my teachers and I try to be like Jesus. And so it's not, it's not, this is not about Jesus. It's not Jesus's fault, Right. <laughs> but there's, and whether Jesus is a real being or not, doesn't really matter. You know, the, the teaching is what matters and all of that. But what does matter is that there there's this whole myth and archetype that surrounds him, that he was the savior of the world and that he uh, healed so many people. He was a magician. He came back to life from the dead. He, you know, dealt with his apostles for 30 days after he died. And I don't know. I don't know, but I, I don't really have an opinion about that. I don't think it matters, but what I do think is that it's led to 2000 years of people, grabbing for the love that those who believe in Jesus have for him. You know, Jesus is the most powerful person in history. He really is yeah. the most powerful person in history. Yeah. And people want that love. You know, people love, if you love Jesus, you love Jesus. You know, you might not do right by the name of Jesus and you might be misguided, but if you love Jesus, you'll love Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's what people want. I think even people who don't believe in Jesus love Jesus. You know, because people recognize that the message of Jesus is, is really it's perfection, right? It's the ultimate goal. So I wonder if a lot of these people have a Jesus complex. And I I wonder if we're all, we can, we all are subject to a Jesus complex of wanting that love that he has, that universal love. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's definitely something called the Messiah complex, Right? right? Like that's,
0: that's real that, and, and we see it all the time. You take a guru you take it you know a, a, an indian guru, guru and i guess you can't quite apply that idea of the jesus complex to an indian guru because an indian guru doesn't come from a place of um necessarily having the same cultural uh attachment to that mm-hmm. archetype, but they Jesus was is an Indian saint Jesus isn't he's not right. savior but he is an Indian saint and he's recognized as an incredibly powerful saint
1: I I don't I, I I again I kind of like take let's take it a step back let's what was before Jesus right right um I mean it's it's the forces that created Jesus I think that are more of the root than any kind of jesus imagery or myth or um uh ideal um i mean there's patriarchy in that and there's elitism and um yeah moral perfectionism it's it's just it's just tribal ultimately so yeah i i just i mean i when i think about some of these like the like the yogi gurus and stuff i just i kind of just see like you know boys behaving badly
0: kind of thing yeah yeah Absolutely. And and then you take, I don't know, just to give an example of somebody who did not, I don't think, fall prey to this, is someone like Ram Das. I I don't know for sure. He he passed in 2019, so who knows what will come forward. But generally speaking, it appears that he was quite pure in his mm-hmm. intentions and his behavior. Um, I'm sure he wasn't perfect. That's what's so amazing about Ram Das is that he never pretended he was perfect never and we're talking about buddhism that's kind of a different a whole he was a whole mix of he wasn't just he he was a mix of all the spiritual um paths that he just brought into one and not just spiritual paths but the psychedelic path which as you know i'm sure which can be you know uh also considered a spiritual path in some ways but you know he he went first he was Just to give a little, in case it's new to you, um, he worked with LSD at Harvard. He was the first, one of the first experimenters with Tim Leary, and then he left Harvard and he went to India and he spent, you know, I think maybe like. I don't know exactly how long, but at least two years, maybe more, in India working with a guru who agreed to take him on as a follower, and then he came back to the U.S. and he spread the message of of that mm-hmm. guru who he worked with. So he he had a whole array of spiritual practices behind him, but what what I really find to be impressive about him is when I listen to him, and I've listened to him a lot, as as most pe- many people have, I do hear his ego. I it's it's as apparent to me as is her the and the reason we keep saying her by the way listeners is because we've chosen not to use names so that we're not casting aspersions upon people that are you know innocent in our path really we we don't know these people so we're trying to protect Mm -hmm. them but um I hear his ego as almost as much as I hear her ego in that documentary and that's what's so amazing about him is he's just willing to be completely vulnerable with his imperfections, you know, and he's not, he doesn't hide any of his humanity and still gives these teachings that are so beautiful and didn't cause any harm in the process, truly seemed to come from a state of absolute purity. So he is a really good example of a, of someone who, and he refused to call himself a guru. He didn't, he didn't find himself to be a guru. Um, and maybe that's where the where he went right and where others go wrong is all of these other people want to be gurus they want to have followers they want to be they want to heal the world they want to be the savior but they get lost in the money and the power that they think they're right. going to gain
1: and right and that's the that's the other new thing is that this is now a path to fortune and fame yeah Right? like uh, gurus traditionally are like people who take like vows of poverty and they hold the bowl on the street right yeah yeah, yeah. so um th- this is also a very american thing now right yeah. this is
0: there's all there, you know there's although there's sad guru sad guru is an, an indian guru who comes to the u.s but he he's one of the wealthiest people in india I I don't, I don't know about him, but the the ones,
1: the people we talked about are are hit hit list for the day (laughs) (laughs) that will go unnamed. Um, Sad guru,
0: just to note before you can, there's, there are no, there's nothing, nothing has been said about him in this way, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Right. Right.
1: Well, yeah. And like, you know, like there's, uh, you know, I I was watching the documentary Netflix show from Obama on uh, uh, about working. And he, you know, cited this Indian company that gives like two thirds of the profits or however much of the profits to charity, right? Like, so it's capitalist, Like, you can have a whole corporation, and, and and it's not like this capitalistic monster that that the West creates. Um, and, and that's what I think is happening. It's like the like Western culture and ideas, and uh, you know, cap. Like, I just see capitalism and, um. And, and patriarchy like in all of it it's and there's a name on that list in particular that brings that to mind it's the last one on the list uh you know someone who um made a fortune out of fitness supplements and um and has these really long-winded podcasts that I could not <laughs> listen to any of <laughs> Like really you can't two hour long podcasts. I, I feel like after 30 minutes you need to pay me <laughs> to <listen. laughs> like I'm not no um but and like
0: a note to everybody this is not joe rogan this
1: no is- not joe rogan <laughs> <laughs> we'll save him for another day i guess but <laughs> uh you know uh it, it's just it's just this culture of individualism capitalism and perfectionism mm-hmm. that is so it's such an american brand mm-hmm. right so let's go out and um Charismatically attract people by talking about things that pick at their their insecurities, their body image, their sexual performance, their whatever it is, right, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and get them to buy into my ideas, and maybe even start paying out of pocket for my supplements or my whatever it is that I'm selling. Now mm-hmm. I'm selling something, right? I can cure your suicidality. I can do it. And so they go around and they continue to perpetuate these kinds of perfectionistic things. Like you need to be better. You can do more. You like, it's so American. It's so American. Um, and, and then they target the most vulnerable people. They're, they're targeting young people. Mm-hmm. they're targeting you know uh people in new age communities that are seeking community that are seeking meaning that are seeking something um they're they're targeting folks uh you know th- this person in particular is targeting men young men
0: mm-hmm.
1: who are um kind of lost and so what that means anymore yeah with the me too movement and everything and yeah. It's just it, it it for me. It's like this brand. It, it's this American brand of perfectionism and 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 preying on people in
0: this way. But it's really all about marketing yourself in this it, way. Yes, it is. It's a it's a sales technique. And the the thing about him in particular, and I I too was going to mention him when when you did. Um, I do the thing that's a particularly egregious to me about him is that. I I do listen to his podcast, even though it's torture. Not because I don't enjoy, I, I enjoy a lot of the topics that he has. You know, he talks a lot about psychedelics. He talks a lot about spiritual, the spiritual aspect of life. But the reason it's torture is because I can hear his ego. And by the way, this isn't to say I don't have some ego or anything like that. I'm not. We all have. But, right. But, but like, his is pretty, I can just hear it. And he has such a Messiah complex and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And yet he addresses topics that are important to address, but then he brings people on his show who also have these enormous egos, all selling their own product and all trying to gain, grab, 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 grab. And and then also just to note that he comes from wealth and it's something that he's very defensive about. He, he, I didn't need that to start my company. I did it all on my own. And I, my company has nothing to do with the reason why my podcast is so listened to and I have such an audience. Oh no. The hundreds of people who work for your company had nothing to do with the marketing of your podcast. I'm sure it's just all naturally generated audience. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. But, you know, whatever, good for him. I I do think he has interesting topics, but he would not be where he is without his money. He wouldn't be able to go on the, you know, his braggadocious hundreds of, uh, you know, psychedelic uh, retreats across the world if he yeah. didn't have all this money. I and, agree. And and the, the money is like, and and now he's got a thing where he's starting a new religion. He's He's too smart to come out and say it really directly although i he did say it almost directly recently in one of his shows that i listened to but he's too smart because he recognizes how that sounds he doesn't want people to catch him in his messiah complex Mm -hmm. but he's got one and i don't think he does any real damage in terms of hurting people i could be wrong about that i i do hear like incredible gender bias coming from him even though he doesn't know it he's unconscious about it totally unconscious but just a total bro dude you know total bro dude yes and and it's painful because it's like you are you're spouting spiritual um you know wisdom coming from a place of absolutely no wisdom actually even though you think you have all the wisdom in the world and so fortunately, I don't think he has gotten, he hasn't been twisted to be hurting people yet, but where is it? Where's the line? When do they start hurting people? You know, like what, what, what is it? What do you think happens? Is, when they, when there's no accountability.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When there's no accountability, when people are following you and you have successfully isolated them from the people who can keep them in touch with reality or you have successfully isolated yourself from people who can uh keep you in check because you can like if you're the dominant one and you need to be dominating who who are you gonna who do you respect yeah (laughs) Uh, and so do
0: you think that they have these that the people who commit these crimes and that separates the podcaster we were just talking about and even the woman we were talking about earlier because i there are there isn't there, there are people who have hurt themselves as a result of her teachings, but I, there, I don't think she's done anything outright, you know, um, any kind of out, outright assault as far as I know, but the people who do commit assault, the John of gods, the mm-hmm. I think Osho was one who committed assault could be wrong about that. Um, Bikram yoga, um, mm-hmm. uh, Bikram Chattery, I think his name is, or, yeah. um, they committed assault, you know, and then you have someone though, like Yogananda who I don't know if you're familiar at all with Yogananda but he he has an incredible spiritual book called autobiography (laughs) autobiography of a yogi and he wrote it in the 20s and he is the first person to bring yoga to the U.S. and um just this incredible 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 spirit and at one point he was accused even back then and this was the late 1800s early 1900s of sexual assault against women but what it was really about is he was the first of his kind to come to the U.S. and particularly California so there was a lot of racism around him Mm -hmm. there was also a lot of acceptance of him from certain groups in California but once people started to recognize that he was um that he was powerful with these groups. They were like, he's touching white women who are married and started going in that direction and started accusing them of things, but nothing Mm -hmm. ever really came of it. It did hurt his practice, but nothing came of it. And I, I just don't think it was legit. I really don't. None of the women were saying that it was, it was the powers that be that were saying that about him. But it's interesting that it seems to have kind of started with this person who is such a powerful spiritual energy, such an a master, you know, um, but, but back to the idea that there are these people who are committing assault, do you think that they have those proclivities in the first place, and that's what it's about? That the- yeah, yeah, I, I I think,
1: yeah, I think there's I think the difference here is like people who are personality disordered or or so traumatized that they develop these sort of, you know personality disorders where, they're just sociopaths there's how do you how do you detect a sociopath how do you detect a psychopath right you may not know it until you open the freezer but you know that might take some time to get that close like like you don't how do you know a a narcissist when you see one sometimes it it takes time to recognize the signs um so yeah i think there are people who are are legit and and they don't do it for fame or fortune they they follow a spiritual path and they which is why you
0: never hear of them
1: which is why you never hear of them. They're humble people, yeah, and they're just doing the work. They're they're doing yeah. this. They're being of service, and and that's all that matters. And then there's the people who, uh, that's not what they're in it for. But that's their way in. That's their way in to get the followers. That's their way in to get noticed. Oh, look at how good I am! Don't you just yeah. love me? I'm so good. Um, but at the end of the day, they ultimately don't have empathy. Like they they lack empathy. Yeah, and and that's the ironic thing is that it's the people who don't have empathy who are attracting all of these
0: people yeah who believe that they do they know the right things to say and they yes. they they know what is they know i i think the reason why it seems like they come from a good place is because they know intellectually what is they understand wisdom they understand spiritual growth they understand the path they just can't connect to it maybe emotionally because of their own limitations or well they
1: could they right they can understand it maybe on an intellectual level but they don't actually live that life they don't live with that desire what they do understand is sort of like the pulse of the culture Mm -hmm. right so like jim jones had so many african americans joining his cult because he was out there in the 70s being like yeah why should race matter like i don't want to see race right yeah. and so it it really spoke to a, a people that needed to hear that they needed community they needed someone to guide them and um and i think this may speak to sort of the question earlier of like why um why does this happen and it's not necessarily about a Jesus ideal, but rather something more instinctive in all of us to want to gravitate to community, to gravitate mm-hmm. to people with leadership ability. Not everyone is born with leadership qualities, and not every leader is going to get corrupt. But you put a you put anyone with leadership ability in a situation where there's no accountability, no one uh, you know to keep them in check, and over time, yes, you just boundaries will slip and slide. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the bar is always going to rise the same way that, you know, people are chasing money and cars. They think that's going to make them happy. And then they get the car and then they think, well, no, now I need a boat. And then they get the boat and well, now I need a mansion. And then they get the mansion and they're like, just the bar just keeps going higher and higher. It's the same thing with, with, uh, you know, getting, becoming corrupt. It's like, if you're, if there's nothing to hold you accountable, if there's nothing to say, Hey, no, you need to look inward for your happiness. You're going to keep looking outward you're going to keep saying you know no i need to test your loyalty some more drink this kool-aid let's see yeah and
0: people treat them like they're god and they right. and they already believe and and in, and they are we all are god right but well, and some of these folks are so
1: delusional they really do believe that they are so special they will tell them i will be your god
0: yeah right i do think we're all i, I do think we are all god but what we what we are not is we what we do not have is the right to uh, control and manipulate others with the power that we think that brings us and that's the problem is that they think they have power over others because of their specialness as opposed to other people's specialness and and that's the whole that that's some, I think it's shifting in the mediumship community. Um, the idea that mediums are specially born with a gift that no one else has that, you know, that's the way it always was before it was like the mediums are one group and everyone else is here. And if, you know, you don't have, it's like priests, it's the same idea as priests. You have to have this middle person. And I think that idea is, I know that idea is shifting. I think most people say everyone's a medium now, um, I think that the big, very successful mediums probably aren't fans of that, but it it's just true. But but like there is a level of belief for mediums or anybody on the spiritual path who has had incredible experiences with spirit and connected with that energy. There can be, and the ego does expand at a certain point where you think that you are special. Like you, you have... Your finger on something that others don't. Yeah. You have an understanding that others don't. So I I understand how that gets out of control for yeah. people because they don't have the intellectual or emotional capacity to understand that their ego is becoming. You know that's just putting a word on it, but just that they're they're losing control and that they are beginning to believe things that aren't necessarily true about themselves. They just don't have that capacity. Um, but I do understand how it happens. Yeah. You know,
1: it can happen to any of us. And that's the thing that any of us can lose sight of, of our ego if we don't keep it in check, if we don't have a regular practice of self-reflection and self-analysis um, and self-interrogation. And we also can all become cult members. <laughs> that's <laughs> we right. We all have the capacity to, you know, be vulnerable, be in crisis, let our guards down and and give in to. To wanting to be saved, to mm-hmm. wanting to be healed,
0: to wanting to be have or led. Yeah, I don't know that I could very easily fall into that path, though. I, I doubt you could either, Ma- mainly because I um, have a pretty strong bullshit meter, and you know, I I see the, I, I see things pretty clearly right away. So I just don't think I could. But like, I don't know if you uh, never know if Jesus him or herself arrived today and I would be a member of that cult you know yeah <laughs> hopefully Jesus yeah I really mean you just
1: never know the circumstances have to be right I mean I I think myself I I could probably say I don't think I could fall for that either at this point but that's probably only because I've already have
0: you right
1: know, like I grew up in uh um uh a community where there was a very you know undeniable charismatic leader type of person and that was like my mom and um it wasn't all bad like you know she she didn't harm me in in terrible ways like you know ask me to drink kool-aid but um but there were other things and and um when I you know when you're a kid and you are hungry for love or you are hungry mm-hmm. for community or you know need you need identity or you you need to feel special and here's this person who's a medium and they're so special and they can do all these extra, you know, amazing things. Um, How do you, how do you not, how do you not go for that? So I, I, so I, I stay humble in that too of thinking like, no, it could probably happen to me again if I, if I allowed it, if I let my guard down. Um, But I just yeah. I mean,
0: if you, even if you think about like, say, say, say you're in the same room with like Robert De Niro or even, even somebody like, you know, even a Kardashian or anybody like that, you might have your own, a level of judgment toward those people in the privacy of your own home. But if you were in a room, so let's get, let's get Robert De Niro out of there. Correct. I love this. Yes. Let's put the Kardashians in there. Let's put, you know, Brigan Khloe Kardashian, right in the room with you. Mm-hmm. I think that both of us, you and me, would behave differently. Yeah. I, I think we would. We we would fall prey to what we know about her and and the and what surrounds her, and we would become star, you know, what's the word, star- starstruck. Yeah, yeah, starstruck, kind of. You know, intellectually, both of us know right now that that's silly. And it's not just because it's Khloe Kardashian, if it was Robert De Niro too, you know, it's silly. He's just a person. He's just a person who plays games in front of a piece of glass. It's not (laughs) a big deal. But if we were in the room, we would be overcome by the knowledge and the energy that has surrounded these people because of the power that they've attained. So, you know, and I think about that a lot. I'm like, I watch the way people behave, even in a corporate environment where there's a CEO, people behave differently around the CEO. And it disgusts me. It's It really disgusts me. Yeah, And, and I, I'm just like, what are you doing? Just, we're all equal. Why are you acting like, you know, ooh, you know? But then I think if I, you know, if I am in the room with the CEO or not that I am am in a situation like that, but if I was, or if I was in the room with Khloe Kardashian, I would act differently with the knowledge that this person has power. And so I guess if I was in a room with the woman we were talking about earlier or with any kind of guru, I might be, I might be susceptible because I, yeah. you know, what I'm yeah. like in the room with them and what I'm like intellectually now are two very different things. So right yeah. right and
1: and when we're talking about charismatic people they have like they do have some magnetism like they do mm-hmm. have a real energy that when you're one-on-one with them or you're in person like you feel it you really yeah. feel it yeah I remember I did I went to see um do you remember the woman she she was from India and she used to go around and hug people The hugging saint yeah the hugging saint so I went to see the Hugging Saint. I got a hug from the Hugging Saint. Wow! And Tell me about that. So it was wild. Um, you, it, it happens like at the civics. It was like one of these big like um, theater complexes here in New York City. So it's huge, and there's hundreds of people, and everyone shows up at like whatever time. Like, let's say 6 p.m. is showtime. 6 p.m. This whole place is packed. Mm-hmm. There isn't a seat empty, and she starts um with uh a chanting, right? So the whole audience, hundreds of people at the same time, are chanting Om. and like and for like a whole minute, and I was like vibrating like a tuning fork in my wow. chair it was so intense you could cut the energy with a knife yeah. um. And that was, that was the highlight of the entire experience, I gotta say, because <laughs> you have to wait on a really long line. I don't think I got my hug until about three or four in the morning. Oh
0: my God.
1: Yeah, they had like stands set up with like yerba mate and everything just to keep you wired <laughs> so that oh you can go. And then you take your turn and you crawl up to her and then she hugs you and she's like, oh, momo, momo, mo in your ear. Oh and, then, and then she just lets you go. And then the whole thing is like three seconds. You're exhausted. No. No, the highlight was the whole group. Yeah. And and that's that magnetic energy that I'm talking about. It's that, it's that. It's yeah, it's the vibration of people. Um she was not as impressive as the whole group put together, but but it was a
0: lovely experience overall. She was overall. probably really tired too. In in fairness, she was probably exhausted. <laughs> Poor thing. I know. Oh, Why would she do this? I don't know, but I it's her hug. thing. And and I've heard. I know. I know a couple of people who also went to to see her. And I have heard that there something is transmitted through it, whatever that may be, you know. But the environment around you is what shifted your, the effect that it had on you. Right. So you were tired. You were like, is it really worth this at four o'clock in the morning to stand online, you know? And so your receptivity becomes, yeah. less. you know, I mean, she was a great hugger. Yeah, I'm that. sure she did a lot of practice. <laughs> it um, felt nice. I mean, that's why in, um, in circle it's, I, I say every time that it's very important to remain open, you know, and, and to really, make a point of remaining open because otherwise nothing's going to get through. Right. And that's not to say you weren't open with the hugging saint, but it's hard to be fully open when you're really exhausted. You've been standing there all day long. You're online, which is the worst of the worst. Right. right. And, you know, probably crashing from all this stuff that you're being. Yeah. Removed, you which know?
1: brings us right back to cultish behavior. Yeah. Right. Because how yeah. do you make someone vulnerable and susceptible to brainwashing? You tire them out you keep them too busy to think you you know sleep deprive them you you know starve them and there you go they like I
0: yeah I don't know if you heard I spoke to to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago who did go to John of God but right before the whole um thing came out about what he was all about right right before that and she said that when she went, you know, she's a, she's a dentist and she's a very, she's smart. She's a medicine woman. And so she recognized that you know they give you pills when you get there and um they have you take the pills and really, like, yeah. And it's like 24 hours before you see him. And so, and then after they also give you the pills and they insist that you take the pills, take the pills and stay in your room and meditate, they say, but the pills have, what is it called? It's a, Shoot. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's a natural ingredient that is a serious, um, uh, relaxant that, that knocks you out. Like it's, it's a medicine. Oh my goodness. I've never heard of this part. Yeah. And they tell people that it's just a, you know, I think they tell people that it's just a vitamin. And most people are <laughs> just accept that. But then, you know, Laura, who I spoke to said that she, she slept the whole, you know, she's good with meditating for long periods of time. So she was fine being in her room, but she said most of it was sleeping. She was that just is so out. wild. Yeah. So, you know, pretty, pretty interesting.
1: Wow. Pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. And he's an interesting figure too, because
1: I mean, I, I'm I get angry when I think about John of God because I actually do think that, and and like I've said before, like I know someone who also went to see him and who had been in like a terrible terrible car accident, was broken bones everywhere, um, and went to see him three times, had psychic surgery spiritual surgeries with him three times, and and was totally healed, mm. and so he he really swears by this this experience he's had, but I don't just credit. John of God I mean he had a whole room of mediums right at all times right working in the center and so it it was for me what what they created there was real and yeah. it was a labor of love of all of these mediums and all of these helpers and all these volunteers and unfortunately he
0: and the belief of the patient right the- the The belief of the patient was pan, was paramount, I think, to the success of the experience, and and they also created. Not only did they create a situation that was real, that was a real healing, um, a healing place, but also they created. Laura actually is the one who suggested this, but that they created a vortex on that piece of land. I think you know very important vortex, and I just. Part of why I find this conversation interesting is because I do partially, I think you're right. I think a lot of these people probably do have tendencies toward narcissism and are sociopaths potentially, especially the ones who behave in such terrible ways. But I also wonder, and I think you might bristle at this maybe a little bit, but I also wonder if at the same time, these portals are opened by these people with these powerful gifts that then bring belief from large groups of people. And I wonder if something slips in that is that is able to um, manipulate the energy of some of these people and then create behaviors in them, play with their ego in a way, almost like a you know a guitar, and see the weakness. See the human weakness in these people and then are able to play it, play it so that they act out in ways that this energy then feeds off of.
1: I mean, that could all that could that what you're saying could just be like very symbolic uh illustration of you know the lack of accountability.
0: Yes. You yep. know. Um well that's the result. The lack of accountability would be the result or or the the facilitation of the behavior. But still, you know- I mean, like- that, that thing I
1: think is what exists in all of us is what I'm
0: saying. Like, yeah, yep. Um, yep. You know, we, Some of us we all we- have ego.
1: Yep. Some of us more than others. Some of us are more resilient to it, I think, That's than right. others. Um, yeah, if you're asking me if I think that there are, if, if there are evil spirits or, you know, uh, I, I would have to say no, I would have to say no. Um, I think there's just bad behavior.
0: I think so too and I I think that you know evil spirits is kind of a colloquial way to put it but I I do think that there are pretty powerful energies that are separate from us I do I've I've had personal experience with with them so I do think they exist um, I don't think that they are a constant danger that we all have to protect ourselves from or that, right. I think that. And, and I don't blame it totally on the, but like you look at some of the behaviors that people commit, just child abuse, for instance, and, you know, child murder and things like that. And it's like, I know it's coming from, it's bad behavior, quote unquote, but that's pretty friggin' bad. I mean, that's the worst of the worst here
1: well yeah but again so what's the cause of the bad behavior are we talking about mental illness are we talking about some sort of brain damage are we talking about a personality disorder rooted in trauma are we or or even just genetics there's there's some evidence for that uh so a spirit is born in a body that is already dysfunctional right does that make them evil what, what, what I wonder, like, what do you think, where do you think Jim Jones is now that he's dead?
0: I think that he, that the totality of him is probably still being held and, you know, isn't being allowed to incarnate the totality of that energy, you know, and that's the punishment. It's like, what a, what an absolute blunder of an incarnation his was, you know, Mm. but Mm. I also think that his energy, I believe energy disperses and then connects with other energies and, other, you know, molecules of energy and creates a new being in some way. And then will that being be more of the negative or more of the positive? I don't know, but I just think I, I agree with you. I I think that there it's a personality disorder is what creates the ability to assault and, and kill a child and mental illness and all of those things are real. I'm not saying that, that they aren't. Right. But I don't think that it is innate to you the for those aspects of the self to then act out in ways that, that some do against a child. I don't think that's innate. I wonder if, you know, all of those, the the weakness in the the body, as you say, is manipulated because it can be by this energy that feeds off of the behavior. Cause you know, like you you look at, and I understand we we have a total different. you know yeah you just don't see it that way and I I get it I don't I mean I I I, it's
1: not that I don't see it that way I can see what you're talking about
0: because that's what I
1: grew up in that kind of belief uh you know right right but the the problem with that is that those kinds of beliefs are like the kinds of things that tap into people's insecurities and fears Mm -hmm. and then that opens the door to bad behavior is when people are afraid
0: and it does give certain people a license to behave right. certain ways because they don't take responsibility for their own actions. Um, right. I think I don't know that we I as a society, want...
1: society need to take responsibility
0: for how these people are treated in our society. Yeah. Because you look at most people with schizophrenia, for instance, don't, are not violent criminals. They, they do no. not commit crimes. No. So They're lovely people. Yeah, and and some do, but a vast, the larger majority of people who would not be considered schizophrenic are the ones who are committing the crimes, so the the uh, you know the brutal assaults and crimes. So I don't know if if it were all mel- mental illness and if it were all personality disorder, then it, it seems that you would see it a lot more. You know, you you would see these behaviors a lot more. You know what I mean? they're, they're not that common. I mean, what, what is it that you think you would see a lot more of? The, the sorts of crimes that we see again, and I guess you do see it a lot. You see it, you know, it, it happens a lot, but it's
1: also, again, it's happening for different reasons, right? Like you just said, like, not everyone with schizophrenia is going to go out and be violent. So who are these people who are being violent and why? Right. Um, I teach a whole course on pedophilia and i teach people how guess what like not everyone who assaults a child is an actual pedophile Hmm. and not every pedophile is going to go ahead and assault a child Mm -hmm. right so who are these people who are doing it well these are the people where there's an intersection of mental illness trauma addiction there's all kinds of stuff going on
0: Mm-hmm. it's not
1: a simple thing people always want to look at it as like clear-cut you're a pedophile you're not or you're you're mentally ill you're not or you're violent you're not like
0: it. it's never people are never that simple it's not black and white yeah and and what you're making me really see and accept is that a lot of these people who have the spiritual, you know, the following, the spiritual power, the gurus, the very successful social media mavens who purport themselves to be God. (laughs) And I don't really fall for them anyway. So it's not really that much of a disappointment, I suppose. Although there is one, I really, really want a person who I do really, um, respect and listen to is matt kahn i don't know if you know who he is but he's writing it down nice. he's he's an incredible teacher he's an incredible spiritual being has he made money from his endeavors yes uh, apparently he's starting to give it away now though he's gotten to a point financially where he's giving a lot of it away so that's that's good but there's nothing as, I mean, I, I would be so surprised if Matt Kahn ever had anything come out about him being hurting anybody, hurting a soul. And I mean that, you know, and I'm I'm somebody who I also would not. And, you know, I, I went to see him speak and I had him sign my book that of his, that he, you know, his book, I had him sign it and I wasn't acting differently. I didn't act differently around him the way we were talking about, you know, he wasn't, Mm it wasn't like being, he just has a true spiritual energy that almost repels that kind of, you know, adoration or worship. Um, So he's, he's a really good example of somebody who I, I do fall for his teachings and really believe in him. And, you know, I haven't, really listened to him or listened to his videos in a long time, but he, he offers like, you know, hours and hours of free material on YouTube where he just teaches and channels and speaks in front of people and gives such incredible wisdom about healing and and being true to your feelings. And, um, but the truth of the matter is, oops, sorry about that. Reading with Jamal tonight. Um, (laughs) uh, the The truth is that I guess a lot of people who reach this level of of uh power I guess are not necessarily the best uh indicator of that spiritual growth that they're exactly. not exactly and... exactly.
1: I was watching um uh one of my favorite shows. It's like it's my church, I don't go to church, I'm not religious then but I love this show and it's chef's table on Netflix. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Have you watched it? Yeah. Have you seen the episode with the Korean monk? I haven't watched it in a while. I think I watched the first couple of seasons and then. I (laughs) think she's in, uh, I think she's in season three or something, but it's a whole episode on this Korean monk who cooks temple food. Mm. And the entire episode is just a meditation on like ego. Mm. Um, it's amazing it's amazing and there's quite a few of them actually there's another one on um, what's his name Will Goldfarb or something like that I forget I don't know I don't care about their names but um, their stories are what interests me and Mm -hmm. and just this whole idea of you know she's this monk is out here just cooking temple food she's just cooking food that is healthy and pure and provides spiritual energy and the kind of spiritual energy that allows you to sit and meditate and find peace and it's still you know good and healthy and flavorful and so she's lauded for being such this amazing cook but she just cooks for her little monastery and she's happy there and she's good she teaches others she's happy to share but it's, that's all, that's what she's cooking for. She's cooking for the joy of cooking. She's cooking mm-hmm. to feed. She's cooking to be a mother. She's cooking because that's her spiritual path. Cooking is a meditation for her. She's not out here trying to win accolades and James Beard awards and all mm-hmm. these other, you know? So um yeah, I think that's, I, 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 I took that so much to heart and that, and that for me, that's the, that encapsulates everything that we're talking about. It's about keeping the ego in check to the point that you are not living your life in service of the ego. You're living life in service of your own soul, your own higher being. And of course,
0: yeah. and, And of course the ego is about survival, right? That's the ego is exists to protect us from, from death. The ego is an incredible gift and is a necessity for many reasons. But unfortunately it steps in where it's not wanted anymore. So it's not, an it's not about, you know, getting rid of, get rid of the ego, which I know you're not saying, but, but it is about the ego is about survival and survival right now stems from finances and having enough money to be able to survive. And so I think those two things go, they kind of work in juxtaposition the, the need to survive the desire the need for money and then the money and power and the ways that those things in, intersect in in many of these people's
1: well the you know? the e- the ego is how we is a negotiation between our most primitive basic selves right our sex drives our our hunger drives uh our violent drives our desires the id and our most ideal selves the superego right the 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 god The Jesus image maybe (laughs) that you have Um, and we still have to live in our reality we still have to make money and and put food on the table and do all these things and so the ego is how we the ego is how we present ourselves to the world to be able to get our needs met Mm -hmm. it's the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves that ultimately are bullshit but we still have to believe in something right we still need to have a sense of identity the ego has to be formed in, in Western psychology, we have to form our egos, right? When we think of pathology, we think of mental illness in Western psychology, it's all about problems with ego development or problems in ego function, right? But when we bring in Eastern philosophy, it's all about breaking down the ego. And so it's the balance of we have to build our egos first, and then
0: we have to realize it's all bullshit. And tame it. I, I, I think th- all of those the constructs we build around who we are using the ego is is about survival too it's it's a it's walls that are built to protect us from doing things that might lead to our death right it, I mean, it's that but it's it more 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 uh, at the root is
1: that it protects us from our own existential angst and and, and anxiety which is right? death which is death. Um, And everything that even approaches that feels
0: like death. And so it's a constant protection against that feeling that feels like death to the ego. Yes. Yes.
1: It tells us all kinds of things. It makes us believe all kinds of things about ourselves to make us feel concrete, to make us feel real. When Mm -hmm. really we're a grain of sand in, in the wind, right? Like, Um yeah I just wish we could all have that understanding
0: mm-hmm. yeah me too Ram Das has there's a really great documentary about Ram Das and I don't know I don't know which which one but it's called be- becoming nobody and you know I think about that a lot it's like stop trying to become somebody stop trying yeah. to yeah. be more and actually be less yeah you know yeah let go yeah, Be there's
1: a great um, writer who's a psych- is a, a psychologist or psychiatrist. He's a mental health. Uh, he's a clinician as well, but he he you know was a, a Buddhist from very young, and he writes uh, these great books that are super accessible to people who are just beginners to Buddhism. Um, and his main his popular one is Thoughts Without a Thinker. He's mm. great. Book.
0: His name is Mark Epstein. Okay. okay. Um, I'll check that out. I I also wanted to tell you that I heard some, what was it called? Goddess and the goddess and the shaman or something like that. Have you heard of that goddess and the shaman? Mm -hmm. I think it's what it's called. Um, I'll text it to you if if it's not, but it's, it's the dissertation that was written by a woman who was getting her PhD in, I guess, psychology Mm -hmm. uh, about the juxtaposition between clinical psychology and and science and the magic and and magical yeah so yeah that that would be interesting to you but anyway um i think we've probably healed all of these great beings of their (laughs) (laughs) of their egos i think that the woman we were talking about in the beginning is probably has listened to this and seen the error of her ways and is now going to get the guidance she needs to (laughs) <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Annabelle, thank thank you very much. This has been um very, in, very enlightening. And it kind of, like I said, I've never been a big guru follower. Ram Das, of course, I have noted him and I talk about Jesus. And, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't go to church or anything like that either. But I talk about those things, but I don't tend to be a person who like follows anybody. But um. I, I guess it was just hard to accept that a lot of these people didn't actually come from roots of, of genuine, you know, spiritual connection that then blossomed into something ugly. Uh, and I guess maybe the truth is that they did not, that they always came from the same mm. kind of damaged that. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think so generally as well.
1: I, and, and can I just say one last thing yeah. about that vortex idea and like this idea that a, a you know that something more sinister could could come into play? I mean, I, I I a large part of why I reject those ideas is because it tends to be that when we talk about that stuff, we give it so much power, and at the same time when we do that we diminish the power of all the good that was there Mm -hmm. so like with john of god right if there was some evil spirit was was bringing his ear okay fine but that wouldn't have been stronger than all the good that was like all those mediums were bringing in and all those believers with their hopes you know um that's why I reject that, that I don't, I don't ever want to give that those ideas more power than they actually deserve. Cause
0: they get way too much airtime already. I understand. I I agree. I, a lot of people like to attribute everything to like, um, what's, what's the word people use, um, that you have a you have an entity, atta- you have an attachment. People like to say that you're, there's an attachment, always an attachment when somebody behaves badly in some way that, or in a way that triggers you, there must be an attachment to that person. Right. I agree. I, I think it's definitely an abused an abused thing. Isn't but- that like, doesn't that come from like Catholic um, exorcism
1: terminology?
0: Well, I think that's where, you know, and entertainment wise, I think that that's, uh, that's how most people know of it, but I think it goes back way before that you know i think mm-hmm. I think the idea of there being neg- you know entities that are coming from lower energies, I think we ascribe more morality to them, but I think it's more a lower energy that then I really do believe in this that that they are able to manipulate the weakness in in humans to then behave in ways that feed that lower energy i do think that's a real thing doesn't take away from the i i I don't reject that
1: yeah i don't reject however i still see it in the same framework as i see it with the living right so like people with some serious addictions right Mm -hmm. uh They spend their lives hanging out at the bar. That's their life. That's their identity. That's what they do. They die. They no longer have the body. They no longer have the physical addiction, but they still have the mental addiction. So what do they do? They still go and they still hang out at the bar. Mm -hmm. And they're hanging out with the people, the living people there. And then they're like, and then they're attaching to them. And it's just that energy, that desire of, of that mental, I need a drink, I want to drink, I wish I could drink, except it's now it's intensified because there's no body to satisfy that desire and mm-hmm.
0: that urge. So okay. I can see that, but it's still for me like it's still about responsibility and, and right. about the, the responsibility of the person committing the acts. Also, though, I think maybe a way to look at it is that we do ha- it doesn't give too much power to these energies because I think most People don't give in to that. You know, that there's I do think we have power over it. Yeah. I don't think it it like that it's just everything around us you know I'm not a person who believes that I need to surround myself with protection all the time or anything like that there are certain people in the spiritual path who do feel that way and who feel afraid and feel that and I think there's a lot more to that which we won't get into Mm because you know there's more to it than just the spiritual side you know but
1: it's also the fact that if you do believe you need protection it's there like if, if you believe it it's there. I'll tell you this a funny story. You can, you can cut this out if it's. No no, 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 not at all. A, a story about my godmother, actually. Um I remember one day we're at the house. I'm like 17, 18 years old. We're at the house and her house is the temple. And uh on her desk, she had this, where she would read her cards and she would see people. She had this huge um crystal, like this one of these white quartz crystals that looked like it had a bunch of fingers sticking out of it, right? Um One day we're sitting and we're on her couch. She's laying down, I'm sitting down. She has her legs on my lap. And the desk is on the other side of the apartment, on the other side of the room. There's no one else in the apartment. It's completely empty. And we're just there, we're talking. And um, she gets, I suddenly feel this really intense energy, like a 20 pound weight being put on my head and my body. And I just wanted to go like this, like, what the hell? And before I could even say what's happening to me right now, my godmother's was like, oh, her guy just came through and said someone's on their way. I'm like, oh, okay. That's really interesting. So I felt the the energy as, as she's getting the communication, because mm-hmm. she had her legs on my lap. And we're talking there. And I said, I was talking to her at one point, I said to her, um, this is a little unrelated, but. I said to her, we were talking about like, I think I need protection, because I believed in that and that at that time. I think mm-hmm. I need a new resguardo, we call them in Spanish. Um, like it could be like a a necklace or an amulet type. Right, amulet type of thing. I think I need a new resguardo. And she and we're just talking there, and as soon as and, and I said to her, I don't know what kind though. I said, I don't know what kind. And as soon as I finished that sentence. I hear a little click 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 sound from across the room. And I look at her and I'm like, what was that? She's like, go see. I get up and I walk over to the desk, and a piece of the crystal had broken off, a perfect, beautiful piece of the crystal, and fell to the floor. As soon as I said, I think I need one. I need protection. And I just don't know what kind. Wow. Now the skeptical view is. I'm sure like those, those, those white quartz, they're fragile. They they tend yeah. to break easily, but I don't know what wind blew in that direction that broke it off in that very moment. The
0: timing. The timing, the timing,
1: So when you need something, when you need protection, whatever it is that you believe when you need it, it will be there. I, that's how I feel
0: as well. I I'm, I'm always protected. I, I am. Yeah. You know, in constant, constantly asking for help from, from God, from the great spirit f- through all of the challenges of of life. So I, I feel the protection there regularly. So I don't need to call in, you know, if I, you know, if I wake up at four in the morning and I feel kind of a scary energy around me, maybe I'll evoke that image that protect, you know, that yeah. light, because I'll, I'm a little bit scared by what I feel in the room, but And, and because I just woke up and you're so vulnerable, but generally, no, I will say this though, Annabelle about this whole idea of there being a lower energy that infiltrates and my friend, Laura, actually, in the conversation that I, that I mentioned before is the one who reminded me of this, but if you recall in circle for a very long time, we were um, experiencing zoom bombers and they were coming in and, and, um, You know creating havoc kind of in the beginning but i was i always noted if you remember that they could never they never stuck around after we began they never stuck around and you know did what they did then which would be much more effective if you're if you wait until the circle opens and you know and and do what you do do your porno or stupid stuff that they were doing (laughs) (laughs) And and I just like, I I remember that they had this, they have a real, they do have an energy around them. That's a little bit scary. It's also kind of funny, you know, and stupid you don't take them serious, but you don't take them seriously, but yeah, there's something a little scary about them and they they're all very similar. Mm -hmm. And so Laura was like, you have to, you have to surround the space with, um, with some kind of sacred geometry before you begin because the energies that are coming through are a whole bunch of different people. It's not just you. So you, you have to rein in the energy and protect it. And I was like, huh, you know, it is interesting because they don't get past the opening prayer. They do not get past the opening prayer. They have to do it in the, before the opening prayer. So every, since then, which was probably about six weeks ago, before every circle, I surround it with, with sacred geometry and have a a ceremony that I do as soon as I open the zoom. And there has not been one zoom bomber who's gotten through since then. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that that the sacred geometry is protecting the circle from them. So I I have to be honest, I don't know what sacred geometry is. I don't know. Well, it's just another idea, you know, about the visualization of, um, of powerful, uh, high energy sacred Mm -hmm. geometry is is based on the notion that the entire universe is is mathematical and that there's you know a geometry to it and fractals and and all of that and when you are when you experience um particularly an ayahuasca journey you see sacred geometry and the shipibo tribe um has a whole has artwork that they create from the the sacred geometry that they see while while on an ayahuasca journey and, and they have music that they create from this sacred geometry that they see. And it's not just them. You you, you see sacred geometry. And it's it's just beautiful shapes and and um and that move and have energy coming from them and grids and you really do experience it. And it's just it's beautiful and powerful. And so it's just calling forth those images. And so you know I I just see really just basic shapes that are placed over the circle before we start, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: ask the, my, you know, ask God to help lay that energy down and bring forth gratitude and forgiveness and openness and love and not allow any of those lower energies in. And it, it has made a difference. They have not come in. Those, those people are no longer coming to the circle, but, but I will, I'll end us now. And with, with great thanks and gratitude to you. We will not be sharing any of your personal information <laughs> this time. Thank you so As much. Those are <laughs> very issues. But um thank you. Thank you so much for this, though. This is always fun. Yeah, it was fun. And and thank you to our listeners too and our watchers. And until next time.